Good afternoon and good evening. This is the Curious Anarchy Podcast. Uh, I'm here, Jermaine, your host, alongside my co-host, Mark. How's it going, Mark? Um, it's going really well because, yet again, I spent another episode with one of the greatest co-hosts a person can work with. And uh, to be fair... Across on TV, people that are average, when you're so way above average. So, thanking you for your time again today. Thank you. And still to get better. Thank you very much for that, Mark. Um, oh, my pleasure. Okay, so I think we're, we're. This is a curious muse, right? <clears throat> correct. Yep, that's correct. Let's let's see where we're going to go. Well, are you in a storm or something? I'm outdoors at the moment. Sounds like you're in a, in a, a, a thunderstorm. Um, a little bit, but it's blowy. You're still blowy in the side there. Right, it's okay. Right. It's all good. We'll, we'll persevere for you through. Let's go. Right. So what have we got on the cards for today? Well, it's been quite... It feels like a Monday because it's been quite a dynamic day, actually, in terms of... What, what's been hitting the the main stories for today. Um, we can start off with the fact that um, the UK government is, um, it, you know, it's one of those things that they do. They, they, they imply that they're trying to do some stuff. And then when you look into it, it's like making a cake and not putting it in the oven. They, they just don't finish it off. <laughs> so it's the day started with the government suggesting they're going to give people, right, homeowners will be able to apply for grants of up to £5,000 to install low-carbon heat pumps to replace gas boilers. Oh, that, that'll be helpful, right? Well, it would be helpful, you would have thought, right? You would have mm. thought. But there's two problems with what they're doing. First of all, financially, because What's the actual cost... Are they not well, giving the actual, them customers? Well, the, the actual cost is 10000 So what you're saying is that there's a gap? So every household will have to find 5000 themselves. Oh. So, so imagine you wanted to do it. Um, your... Your... Um, your cost will be 10,000 and the government will give you a grant of 5,000. So are you happy to pay the other 5,000 to change wow. from gas boiler to low carbon heat pumps? Wow. Secondly, it's only going to hit like, because I think this came from a grant from Europe or somewhere. The government got Wait, a certain what? amount of money. Oh, it, it, what, what they, do you mean they, from Europe? As in the EU, Europe, or no? Uh, we're still receiving grants, money from Europe. The, no, I, I've got a feeling it's, it's. I'm not sure where the money's come from. To be fair, but they got about thirty million or something. I can't remember what it was. And um, it, if they give that as 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 grants to people, it's only going to cover about. 10% of the population that needs it. Right. So, 
So it's not going to have a dent into what needs to be done. And even then, it's if that 10% all subscribe to it. <laughs> exactly, exactly that, exactly that. The, government's, the government has said that 10-point plan for climate a year ago, it has invested $26 billion on public funds into low-carbon revolution. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's just, well, they just, what they do is they give bunks of money, but it's never a joint up plan. So, like, I, for example, I heard that they may not finish off, you know, the um, high speed train link uh, across the UK. Yeah. So th- they built one, they're building one that goes from across, um, like, London. I can't remember what they call it. Do you remember the name of, of the high speed? Uh... Tube. No, it's like an overground. But it's a high-speed one, so you go from Essex to Heathrow really quickly. Oh, yeah, it's one of the... H, HS1 or something. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that's the first... But they're doing a second one in the north of the country. Mm-hmm. But they're tempted not to finish it off, the last leg from somewhere like... I can't remember where it is, but somewhere to Leeds. Because it's un- unenvironmentally friendly. Okay. It destroys the, the habitation on the way, and it's not great for the environment. Right. But they, they only started building it about a year or two years ago, so why bother doing it in the first place? <laughs> I mean, it's just everything is it's just like half thought out and, and badly organized when Managed, they actually do it. Yeah. So they're nowhere near hitting the numbers that they need to hear. hit. Sorry. Um, they have a certain amount of target to keep in line with the, you know, the world strategy around the agreements around, that we sign you know, up to. Yeah, as yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and we're nowhere near the targets. We're, we're, is the UK on 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 course to hit its targets? The UK has has committed to reduce its greenhouse emissions to net zero by two thousand and fifty. In June, a group of experts that advised the government said Boris had a credible policies in place to deliver, to deliver only one-fifth of this amount. Wow. That's how far behind they are. I mean, they've got nowhere near hitting their targets. I mean, that, that is huge. To we, think that, you know, this, 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 uh, this grant, apparently, which only would cover 10%, and that's if that 10% even all take it up. Um, but what about everybody else? What about everybody else that, 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 you know, needs... But the thing is that we're hosting a lot of this stuff. So we're hosting it and we're nowhere near the target. Right. That would so... be like saying we're going to host the World Cup and having no football stadium. <laughs> kind of crazy. It's like, yeah, we're going to build the stadium. before. Yeah, we'll do it at some point. Don't worry. I'm sure we'll have it done in time. It'll be no problem. <laughs> oh, ring any bells. Okay, so, so here's another example of what I'm talking about. The government has committed to installing... 600,000, so that's like half a mil, half a half a billion, no, half, yeah, half a billion, uh, no, half a million, sorry, oh, um, yeah, half a, yeah, over half a million heat pumps by the years 2028. They transfer heat from the ground, air, and water, and they start from around 6,000 pounds. About 35,000 were installed in the UK in 2019. 
by comparison, about 1.7 million gas boilers are sold every year. So <laughs> think about that. 35,000 against 1.7 million. <laughs> like, you really get a sense of, of what climate change is up against here. You know? I mean, it's just, it's just how poor that the, the government's allocated 450 million for this over three years, which will be enough for 90,000 grants. We've just talked about how many? 1.7 million a year. And so 90,000 of grants of 50,000 if you ignore admin costs. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, of course. So that's, that's where we're starting off today, Jermaine. So there's the first, first point of call is that the government have failed badly with that, right? Let's move on to the second port of call, shall we? Out, not the bloody health and social and, and who was the other one? Um, questioning the investigation into the government's handling of the pandemic and the two reports well, that came up. Well, was health and social and there was another one. Well, no, but uh, the, the thing... Yes, that's right. Do you remember that? We did that last week. But I, I want to yeah, bring up something yeah. about today because do you... you, you more than anyone reminded me of um, you reminded me of Freedom Day quite a lot. You you like to refer to it quite a lot. Yeah. Do you remember what Freedom Day was? <laughs> Effectively, right now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase this. I'd love it, you to paraphrase. It'd be great. It, it's it's the day that COVID disappears. Right. It, we were meant to be right. free of it. Oh, that was the point. We were, we were getting towards... Think. Now, now let's let's be clear what our government policy... I say the word government policy as if it, it's a meaningful <laughs> sentence. It's really not. It's a disjointed, nothing-fits-together sentence, right? Our initial government policy was herd, immuni- herd immunity, that if everyone caught it, they went... Boris went on daytime TV and said, everyone should catch it, and then we won't have a problem with it. That's how it started out. Then they realised, no, no, they've got a lockdown. So we had a number of lockdowns. We were locking down for two reasons. Until we had test and trace and until we had immunisation, right? Mm-hmm. So that took about a year. Uh, we started in February 2020. It took to about, yeah, it Just took about a January. year. Uh, it, took to, it took to, I mean, to get the immunisations in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was January when the, the vaccine yeah, started. Yeah. Right. So then we rolled to July when a significant number had been immunised. We were the leaders around the world of immunisation. And there was... No, I'm saying uh, by that July. So if you look around the world, we were the leaders of immunisation. Wasn't Israel doing like massively well? Like unbelievable. But proportionately, we were doing better at the time. Right. Now, subsequently... Every country around Europe and Israel are doing way better than us in, in terms uh-huh. of immuni- immunizing their population. And when we hit Freedom Day, which was the day that they said effectively it doesn't exist really anymore as a threat. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so, Boris pretty much said, like, there's no going back from this. Like, this, right. This Do you remember is... that? Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Because we're now hitting the figures that we had when we went to Freedom Day. So the point was, from Freedom Day, we had 50,000 people being infected from COVID a day. And the idea was that it would slowly go down to zero. That was the idea. But we've gone down and now all the way back up. So we're now at 50,000 rising. Wow. 
is this the uh, the curve that they were talking about? I don't think this is. They they were not anticipating this. So a more countries have been vaccinated than us now when we were actually miles ahead. And secondly, um, the numbers of of COVID in this country are rising. I wonder there what's have, it like. There has been about eight. Oh, this can't be right. How many COVID cases are there? There are about 8.5 million confirmed cases of coronavirus in the UK and nearly 139,000 people have died. Oh, wow. So far, 86% okay. of people aged 12 and over have had their first dose of the vaccine. 86%. And 80%, just under 80, have had the second. Of the population? Yeah. That is even quite interesting. So 80% of people but have I think double that, I think, But a lot of countries have got 100, almost 100% now. That's the difference. Wow. 100%. Well, there are reasons for that. They, people don't want to pass it on and because in order to sort of travel and things. So there's a number of different reasons why that has been the case. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I also think that there's something about the, the culture, the, the type of uh, rulership, the type of the lifestyle. But yeah, more so, I think the culture, the dynamics um, behind that. Um, what do you mean? And how different countries, like, okay, so you might have a country who's seen as quite authoritarian. So, for example, China, right? Um, but then you would compare that to a country which isn't so, well, <laughs> I say isn't so authoritarian, but under the, um, is, is supposed to be a democracy, right? Um, yeah. there's, there's two very different ways of dealing with it. China literally ran in and put all fires out as soon as they could, yeah, while yeah, yeah. the UK kind of dilly dallied and kind of you know <laughs> played tiddlywinks. So we've got a situation where not everyone's been immunised, where we've got rising cases, where we have a situation where um, we're not certain if there's going to be a stronger wave of contamination during the winter periods but even now i'm just i'm still thinking like how many people have had it now what have had it and recovered or had it i mean yeah, what do you like, mean? Had, just had it in general right so had i'm it not in, sure i'm not sure we've got a figure do you mean have like it, it, is it is it just circulating in small communities or is it like what, what's happening well don't forget we had straight we've had different strains of it there is that, of course, which is always going to complicate things, right? Yeah. So, but, but, but I think, um, let's see, I'm trying to work out, I'm trying to answer your question, Rob. So, I think we've had in total. 8.5 million cases and 139,000 deaths. Oh, 8.5 million cases. Okay. Yeah. But today, today in England, we had 50,000, 49 point something thousand people con- contaminated by the virus New today. Cases. 
Okay. Cases, yeah. So yeah. that's that's in addition to the eight point. I've have had it over time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we we're at a population of around sort of I don't know. I think it's about 65, 70 million or so. Around, yeah. Call it seventy million. So that's not even. Hmm, no, maybe yes. It's just about just over ten percent of the country. It's just over ten percent. Yeah. I think um, you'll find other countries haven't had that high of thing. Interesting. And then uh, there's this are measure. Are cases t- rising in the UK, Jermaine? Are they rising? Apparently so. I believe I'm that's glad what you asked me. I'm glad you asked me that question because the answer is infection numbers in Britain are currently much higher than other Western countries and have risen by 60% in the last month. Government data shows that there were 49,156 new cases of the virus, up from 45,000 on Sunday. <clears throat> and the highest total since, daily total since July the 17th. Wow. <laughs> today, today is the 17th highest number in one day since we first had the virus in this country. Wow, out of like... Four hundred and something days. No, six hundred, isn't it? Almost, almost, almost two it, years yeah. now. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so out of that, out of Getting let's up. call it five hundred days, we've had the seventeenth highest total of people getting it today. Wow, it's like top twenty. <sighs> I mean, that's mad when you think, in theory, we're over it. Mm. <laughs> because one of the things that's happening right. is that people people on mass are no longer doing the safety thing. So. What were the things that you had to do? You had to sort of uh, wear a mask, put put that thing on your hands. Uh, the you know the. Um... Well, they told us that we didn't need to do that anymore. Right, they thing. didn't. They no didn't mask, actually no say that. No, they didn't say that. They said, they said you, we should wear it in enclosed places. But people have said taking it as meaning it's all over, so let's not bother. Which is why our numbers have gone up so high. Mm. But even in the House of Commons yesterday. It was quite evident that something like um, six tenths of the house were not wearing masks. And I just want to lay a, disc- a disclaimer as well um, for anybody out there that, that is concerned or worried about catching COVID or, or just just anyone in general. I think because we're living in this period of time where this is a thing, and we have to figure out a way to live with this uh, and to get through it ultimately. So. Just, just be, be kind to one another. Be gentle with one another, and also be loving um, to one another. Um, yeah, please continue. Well, all I was going to say is that it was quite noticeable in the House of Commons yesterday that because they were all meeting there for the death of the MP over the weekend, mm-hmm. and um, it was quite noticeable that it's not quite noticeable that six tenths of the house weren't wearing masks, and that. It looked to me like people from Scotland were the most MPs from Scotland were wearing the ma- the mask most like in a higher number, right? Because in Scotland they take it a bit more kind of like well it's not gone seriously. Yet. Well, I didn't yeah. want to say I tried not to say. No, that. I think that that would be the word that would you know. Yeah, I didn't. I tried really hard not to say that, but you've said it for me, so I don't have to worry. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think the point was in Scotland the way they've tackled it is that they've they've kind of gone for lockdowns and things, and they've they've generally done. A more consistent job is what I'm going to say to you. Again, another woman at the helm there. Um, well, this is it. Yeah, and, and even in places like New Zealand where they, they have 
had a repercussion of it. But, you know, she's quite adamant. I don't want to lose lives out of this. So that's really noticeable in comparison to the way that it's been happening here. We're here in the beginning and now. It's always been the case that they've tried to ignore it as if it doesn't exist. Mm. When quite clearly it does. I mean, it may not exist in the way that people think or whatever, but, but clearly it's, it's not a, a, a let's pretend it's not here situation. You know, the, so, so one of the big things is not to assemble indoors. We know that it spreads very easily indoors in enclosed areas, as would colds, as would flus do, right? And yet schools, you don't have to wear a mask, and yet so many schools are closing right now because so many kids have caught the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's in closed areas with bad ventilation and no one's wearing masks. And that's really interesting. Because um, I've, I've also had a, a notification from Shiloh's nursery um, saying that there's been a, a case um, somehow, I think it's through the track and trace or something. Um, and as, as a parent, well, as parents, we're not even allowed like onto the ground. So we, we hand our children over at the gate. Um, wow. Start all wearing masks. Um, they come and they come out and they escort the children inside. Um, and at the end of the day, they escort them out to the gate where the parents wow. are. Um, wow, so wow, they, wow. you know, they take it very seriously or, or at least doing as much as they can, um, I think, in, in, you know, in the balance of things. Um, but it's, it's, you know, the other issue is with schools closing and, and nurseries, et cetera, et cetera, is the parents that need the time to either work or to do whatever it is that they, they need to do. It's, it's, again, it's putting pressure on people. Um, well, the other thing is yeah. you've got to think that, you know, if kids, kids are on half term next week, so mm. they're going to meet with their grandparents or what have you, and that's coming back to that pressure situation again where... Mm-hmm. You know, if, they, if they're carrying something and they're going to meet their grandparents, it's not good because it, it, is, it, it, it creates a like, climate of fear. It's like a super spread a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, potentially. So we may well see another spike in I, a I mean, week It would be, be surprising if we don't, let's put it like that. And then we've got Christmas because, mm. again, oh, this, yeah. is, this, is, this is in closed times in the winter period. So you've got and, to you've got to assume uh, it's going to have some effect. We also have um, Halloween and bonfire night. Yeah, as well. So but I mean, I mean, uh, to be fair, though, people will. I mean, both like of those that. things are more outdoor events, and, and what we yeah. think quite clearly is outdoor events are less likely to spread. Super spreaders are indoor events generally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, if you say, for example, a football match, you know, the actual game itself is probably okay. But the, going to the pub before and after is where the issue is. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So now the other thing I want to move on to was inflation. Food price rises are terrifying, warns the industry. Food and drink firms are seeing terrifying price rises. A sector trade body has said, warning of a knock-on effect for customers. So you just said food, who? Food companies? Food, food and drink firms food and drink firms are seeing terrifying price increases right? so they're, they're that... being hit by very high rises like 15 okay. to 20 percent rise so and who's so next the... to be hit then obviously the customer oh, yeah. well, it's funny that 
But it feels like right now everyone's Scrambling. attacking the public. So, you know, you, we got we couldn't get petrol. Because you all ran out and bought it all. But also there was a logjam of not getting petrol to the country in the first place. So they And, and the reason why people went out and got it, because every time the government says don't panic, with this government you have to panic. <laughs> because... Like I said, with everything else, they don't complete things. They don't finish things off. They half do it. So I was thinking, you know, if they were if they were baking a cake, they wouldn't put it in the oven, or they'd only put half the ingredients in because they just don't seem to complete anything. You know, they do nominal things toward things, like for example, cutting down the climate effect. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but as I said to you before, if you pay, if you're giving a grant of five thousand for something that costs ten thousand, how many people are going to go through with that? when it costs you nothing to stay as you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is more and more ridiculous. Every day, every day gets more and more ridiculous. I just think they don't think things through. They What they do is they half think things through or they react on the cuff. So do you remember that time when Dominic Cummings went to the castle? They react on the cuff. Like, Good idea. Why don't you do an interview in the garden with the press and explain why you did it? Oh, and it's yeah. like, there's nothing. There's nothing really. There's nothing really planned. It was just like, you know, what, what? What was the point behind this? To to rub it in our faces even more. Yeah. Like, like, and I'll never forget when, um, for example, Boris was asked about, uh, was it public money he was using to decorate his flat? And oh, all yeah. he did in the house was attack the opposition leader. He didn't actually deal with the question at all. And their strategy seems to be. Just go on the offensive if people question you about why something hasn't been completed. Mm. Or they were warned about stuff. They were warned things like things like there'll be a shortage of truck drivers. And they only respond when that, the shortage actually happens. It's like they don't believe anything you say to them until it actually hits them in the face. And then they go, right, got to deal with this immediately. And then they come out. How many um, visas did they... they was it 10,000 visas? Yeah, but they actually... But the applications only happened to about 30 people. <laughs> you know, they actually got 30 it's people back. It's a fucking calamity. It's an yeah. absolute yeah. calamity. Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, this, 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 like, this is just pure B-word season. Like, the yeah. last yeah. five, six yeah. years, it's just all, like, everything has just been somehow connects back to that. <sighs> wow. I mean, it's just, it's just, I find it amusing. <laughs> Because it's just so poorly done. And, you know, there used to be an expression about trying to organise a drinking party in a place that makes beverages. Right. And I wouldn't trust them to be able to do that. <laughs> this isn't what you expect from your government when you think about it. Uh, well, from our government... Uh, it, it isn't what you should be expecting from it, the people yeah, running your country. Is, yeah, yeah, you you are right. You are right with that. We should expect a hell of a lot more. We should. Uh, I mean, our expectations are so low. We should be expecting so much. Yeah, more than that, and I think, and I don't, I don't know if it's that we've just been battered so brutally for so long with this B word and and with this austerity and and we've we've been stretched so far apart to breaking point. Um, and I, must, especially I think that's with, right. 
with, with this pandemic that's coming, it's really coming and, and hammered home, like who's on which side and who should like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, we just need more appreciation and love. Well, if you think that's bad, I want to refer you to someone. Do you know who Warren Higgs is from Windsor, Berkshire? Who? Ron Higgs. War- Warren, Warren Higgs. Warren Higgs. Um, no, who's that? He's the man who allegedly had the, had the heaviest kidneys in the world. The heaviest kidneys? Yeah, he had a, an operation this, uh, this week to remove his kidneys because he's, he has the heaviest kidney re- on record. Okay. He, the inherited condition causes fluid-filled cysts to grow in the kidneys and can lead to kidney failure. It affects one in 1,000 people and there's no cure. Wow. There's no cure for so that. He's, but he's had the operation to take those kidneys out because they were basically weighing about five stone. And they wow. they were so heavy that he couldn't move, so they had to he has to have them removed basically. I mean that's that's I guess that's like a small child, a young child. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hundred percent true actually, Jermaine. And there's two of those, right? I wanted to finish off with, if that's okay with you, I wanted to ask you a question how you felt about um Colin Powell. Um, you know what, Colin, Colin, with Colin, I, I see and I, and I think Colin, but Americans, they say Colin. So yeah, Colin Powell. Um, wasn't he the head of the military? He was the first Ameri- African-American to become U.S. Secretary of State. He was, he was, he was negotiating a lot of military stuff on behalf of the was it the Bush government? I think it was. I so. I remember, if I remember rightly, he's yeah, actually from, he was actually from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And it says on here his reputation as a man of honor was tarnished when he helped swing international opinion behind the invasion of Iraq in two thousand and three. Yeah. But how do you feel about him being a, an African American sort of secretary of state, which at the time no one had achieved anything like that from the African American community. And you know what? As well, I I would even say that it was kind of before this sort of I don't know if you want to call it like an awakening or something, um, but this kind of realization that we need visibility, and yet we've had visibility. Yeah, I mean, he 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 he. This was like twenty odd years ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like so, I I remember his name. Um and as you say, Bush, it was that was kind of like as I was kind of really coming into awareness of all of that stuff. So I was probably maybe early teens, maybe like late, maybe ten, eleven. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how so, did you yeah. feel about him at the time then? I didn't really have any feelings about him. He was just this black guy who was like in America and he was like a chief of some stuff calling shots. Oh, that's all you felt, that, yeah? 
what else would there be to feel? Well, let's find out what Donald Trump felt about him. And the reason is I want to come on to really to finish with the last thing is about Trump and, and what happened at, on January in, in Capitol Hill. Oh, but before we get to there, this is what Trump said about Colin Powell. Go on. Wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of misdistraction, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. Wait. But anyway, where did but he anyway make... may he rest in peace. Okay. <laughs> so, so wait. Where was this statement on his website? Oh, that's a good question, actually, Jermaine. That's a very good question. Because it could have been Twitter. Because wasn't he banned from Twitter? And I don't know if he was even on Instagram. Well, he was. <laughs> How how are they getting these statements out from Donald I don't Trump? Know. He's going and liaising with Donald Trump and getting these statements. Who and why? Why are we hearing from him on this? Why? Well, no, I wanted to actually report about what he said about. Um, so he's trying to block the records of what happened on Janu- January the sixth. Okay. Why? And he's. Because he doesn't want to be blamed for the insurrection thing that happened, but you know he doesn't want to be blamed for it. But he's trying to block it because of presidential power, which he doesn't have because he's no longer the president. Right. You can't so, see a problem with that. Wait, I I don't see a problem with it because he's not the president, so therefore he doesn't have really exactly any say- that. <laughs> right. So yeah. where is this idea like is there more to this? No, he, he tries <laughs> to go to the courts to ask them to block the release of these papers. Donald Trump filed a, a lawsuit seeking to block certain White House documents from the subpoenas by claiming executive privilege. I don't see why they don't just allow him to take them, take them to court and take it out of his fucking salary. Because he just because what he would do then is go to his to the cult that follow him and appeal for a fundraising because he's going to be in prison. <laughs> we've been there, we've done that already. We've <laughs> yeah, had all true. That. What happened to that money, by the way? Ask him. Go on Twitter and find out. Um, he, 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 but this is the best thing. He asked, he tried to subpoena the documents by executive privilege, which, and this is how they put it in the paper, which is a cur- curious, uh, as a dubious legal argument, given he's no longer president. <laughs> right. Well, so he's trying to act like a president, even though he's not <laughs> president of, of his own estate. Um, yeah. That is hilarious. That's exactly. But don't you find that funny? That's like you going, right, I'd like to appeal to my old school to not hand out my exam results because I once went to that school. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. I wanted to end on a light note. I thought that was, that really made me chortle when he was like, right, I demand the court subpoena these papers. And they're going like, why? He goes, executive power. 
but you don't have executive power. You're not the president. You know what I mean? Like, come on, come on. I'm I'm waiting for this response now. Just waiting for this response from them, and then we can finally just say, right, just shut up and let Biden. No, I think he'll do things like this for the next two years so until he until he runs again for president. I think he'll keep. Muddying the water so that you know his name doesn't get yeah, relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So he stays relevant. Exactly that. Exactly <laughs> that. He's going to keep doing it until so his rem- his name remains. Do you reckon he'll do another relevant. TV show, another Apprentice, or I'm not sure what they no, call no, it. No, I don't. I, no, because that won't help him become president. He needs he needs political. Um, what's the word? You know, like he needs Backing. to be seen in the publicity. He needs the publicity yes. on a political yes. level. So he might, for example, help some kids across the road outside the White House or something, so that he's at least in the picture. <laughs> Very convenient. If yeah. that does ever happen, it's a false flag. We know it. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> and I just, I mean, I just, someone asked, someone wrote this article about how did we end up with two lunatics in charge of the UK and, and USA? And you still have to time. think back and think, Looking at them now, there's, there's, there is no like hidden gem that they had that we thought, oh, we misread. They really were atrocious. And the more they do now, they just show they're even more atrocious. Like nothing they've done has been of any use whatsoever, unless I'm missing something. I mean, just nothing. You know, I, I must believe there would be something that they've done for some. And I would say and even suggest that those people or persons tend to have large organizations or associations or uh, able to contract um, agreements, having only been born two days prior to. Um, but yeah. I mean, I just, I just struggle to see what impact they've made. You see, Historically, prime ministers and presidents like to leave something historical in their legacy. So yeah. you turn around and you go, well, at least they did that. For example, Obama re, uh, sort of opened up the, the trading with Cuba, which had been blocked for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And previous presidents often tried to sort of solve the problem in the Middle East or try to solve Ireland. And I just struggled to see what he left as his legacy other than the insurgency on Capitol Hill. And the undoing of Obamacare. Well, yeah, but that's not a legacy. It's not big enough to be seen like that. <laughs> I know. It's like Obama had left and then he went ahead and tried to undo it. <laughs> well, he, he, he tried to undo everything about Obama. He was obsessed with it. So he like, you know, the thing with Cuba. So Cuba got blockaded again. But but really, he'll be remembered for... I don't think there'll be another president that spent so much time whilst in office on the golf course. I'd like to think that the American people, at least in the future, will have learned something from that. Well, from, this, that from this experience, having a an effective t- TV celebrity... I mean, given that something like... I, I can't remember what it was, but given something like 17 million or whatever still voted for him, it's highly unlikely they have learned anything. It's highly unlikely. I would have to say to you that it would be interesting if he did say again what proportion of the vote he'll get. 
Um, and the same thing with Boris, to be fair. I mean, what would you say Boris's greatest achievement in office has been? Um, he helped the schools. To do what? Didn't they? To do what? Oh, no, that was Margaret Um Yeah, nice try. What, what can you tell me that he actually has achieved? Like, well, you know, if, if he was to leave tomorrow, what would be his greatest achievement? Beating coronavirus? Uh, racking my brains over this one. Brexit, probably. Uh, I yeah, suppose, he was the, well, he you was know the one what? who took us out of Europe. Yes, so that that would be his legacy, taking us out of Europe and, and the mess. How successful has that been for you? And everything that has been uh, so wonderfully left on our doorstep. Jermaine, um, how successful has leaving Europe been in your eyes? It, it's been massively, massively successful in every way possible. I mean, everything is is so much cheaper. Prices are going down. <laughs> Um, I you thought know, you were being the... serious for a second, mate. <laughs> I really did. I thought you were being serious. Well, okay. So, can you name yeah. anything, anything at all that he did in that 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 came out remotely successful? Okay, so he gave the nurses in the NHS. Was it? A, no, no, no. A no. I'm saying in, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. In Brexit terms, the mm-hmm. deal that he negotiated. Is there any part of it that you would suggest he was successful about? I'm not sure which deal is worse, the one with the NHS or Brexit itself. I think that they're both equally as outrageous as each other. Brexit seems to have like no structure. There's nothing there. It's like, what, what, what were they doing spending all this time? Like the last, what, four or five years talking about, what they're going to do post-referendum, what's going to happen. Like, we've had conversations from Theresa May, no, apologies, David Cameron. From that moment that David Cameron had confirmed that the referendum and we were supposed to be leaving um, Europe, what was the action plan from that point? And why did it take four years later for us to still end up with Good question, a pilot? Mike. Good question. And, and I suppose the other thing is this. Even if we were to say, on some level, Brexit worked, what's the solution with Ireland? But this is the thing, it doesn't work. No, no, I know, but I'm saying, even if you said the rest, (laughs) even the rest of it did, we've still got that issue that never, ever got resolved and doesn't look like it will ever be resolved, is where is the border in Ireland? How How do you navigate that? Is it navigatable? It's isn't like, like it's not, is it? I think this see, kind of, so. Let's put it into perspective. Let's put it into perspective. Let's put it into perspective. They had an agreement in Northern Ireland between the Protestants and the Catholics, which was absolutely historical. And that agreement meant that they could work together in peace and not have the conflict that had been going on for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years if not longer. And that was working. Up until we voted to leave Europe, that was working. 
So mm-hmm. there were the conflicts in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, that there had been. And the basis of that agreement was that people in Northern Ireland can go across to Southern Ireland and vice versa so that families can see each other, etc. trade and food and everything can get easily across. So they kind of, there was a cross part and the benefit for the Protestants were they were still part of the UK. So it kind of worked for everyone. Yeah. Now here's the problem. And you could hop over there without your passport as well. Exactly, exactly. So here's the problem. Southern Ireland did not vote to leave Europe under Brexit. So they still are entwined in the union of 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 European nations. So if something comes from Europe into Ireland, that's fine. It doesn't have to go through a border. There's free movement of travel. I mean, to be honest, if you lived in Southern Ireland, you can still go anywhere in Europe at will, at your leisure, with no controls or sanctions or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, Northern Ireland, however, technically, is part of the United Kingdom. Right. So if a good went from Europe into Northern Ireland, it's now going into a country that has left Europe. So it has to be checked. It has to, paperwork has to be done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there isn't free movement of people between mm. Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland or from between England and Ireland if you've left the Union. So where do you put the line that says you're now entering the United Kingdom? Do you put it between Ireland and Northern Ireland? Do you put it between Northern Ireland and the UK, Britain, Wales, Scotland, etc.? Where do you draw the or do you have it in the sea? That's one of the suggestions, have it in the sea. Don't laugh. I know, I know, I know. I, I saw the, the diagram. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, you saw it? Okay. I was hoping you hadn't seen it. Okay. <laughs> the sea. Like, what? The actual... Yes. Like, come on. Come on. What are we doing here? So my question to you, Jermaine, is where is the border? Right. So this is the problem. You can't separate the two countries because they're connected effectively. The way that they yeah. work is that the, the peace remains because they are connected. They are one mass land um, together, Northern and Southern Ireland, or Republic, right. as we should say. Um, so we can't put a border between them. But yet, where do if we put the border between us and Northern Ireland, the, the, the border's there. So for us to go across there, we've still got to, and for them to come over here, they've still got to, where is this border going to go? This border can't go anywhere. No. How, who is, is, who, what's it going to take for them to say, you know what? This isn't going to work. So all sides in the Brexit negotiations, England and Europe, etc., all agreed that the peace treaty, peace deal in Ireland, the 1998 peace deal, should be kept at all, at all costs. 
But they so, now have to find a solution of how they then get goods from the EU into the UK on that border. It's been agreed that they will, Northern Ireland will follow EU, which means it's not part of England. But if, if they put the border between... Okay, wait. So if they put the border between Northern Ireland... And the man and who the made UK. the deal, the man who made the deal, Lord Frost, is now going to Europe to negotiate a change to the deal. He was the one who put it forward, and now he wants to change it. Okay, interesting. To what does it say? Let's include getting rid of the custom checks between Great Britain and Northern Ireland and relying on business to be honest about what they are doing. He has proposed a new system in which goods will be available able to circulate freely in Northern Ireland if they conform to EU or UK regulation. They want to remove the role of the European Commission and the European Court of Justice. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Repeat that. He wants to remove the role of the European Commission and the European Court of Justice. Interesting. And replace it with drum roll, please. Oh, well, nothing's nothing's there. There's nothing to drum roll about. <laughs> Yet again. But whereas the EU have said a renegotiation of the text of the protocol is out of the question. Now the protocol was written by Lord Frost, so they're saying Europe's saying the deal that you wrote, we're not going to renegotiate, and England's saying we want to renegotiate on the deal we wrote. <laughs> This is madness, man. Complete utter madness. Oh, dear. These guys are having a laugh. They are seriously... For example, a lorry arriving from Great Britain carrying a load of different farm food products will only need a single certificate instead of producing a different one from each product. Wow. Under the new proposal? Yeah. The EU is also proposing a reduction in the customs information firms needed to provide and say it's intended to pass legislation. This is really weird. This is all, it all sounds really like it, it's Brexit has happened and it just sounds like they're just slightly undoing Brexit bit by bit. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? What, well, listen, this is this, listen to this, Jimmy. You want common sense? It's this: the UK government, right? The UK government has said that circumstances exist to justify the use of Article 16 of the Protocol that allows either side to suspend any part of the agreement that causes economic, societal, or environmental difficulties. But Article 16 does not get rid of the Protocol altogether. The UK says it won't trigger it because before holding talks with Brussels, but Lord Frost told the Conservative Party conference that triggering Article 16 may be the only way forward. This may, if they did do Article 16, it may force the EU to respond with measures which would include tariffs on aspects of trade between the two sides. And that's how the Second World War started, putting loads of tariffs in place. Oh... Wow. That's just madness. That's now, a, utter madness. Start of this year, there was the budget. We had the defense. Yeah. Ministry of defense received yeah. huge, huge, huge amounts of money. 
don't know what that's for and still not sure, but this sounds like prep to me. Well, this sounds like, now, whatever else we do, Ireland will always be a problem here. There's not going to be any clear solution because it's always going to be the part where the whole thing falls apart. You know what? It's 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 a real irony. And oh, I just goodness. want to say, God bless Ireland. How would you feel if you were lived in a situation where the UK has been in your business for 800 years, half your country has been given back to have its own freedom, the North right. has been gerrymandered, siphoned off. <laughs> yeah. I've lost you. Are you there? Oh no, I can't hear you. Wonders, the wonders of technology. I cannot hear anything you're saying, Mark. I can see that you're still connected, though. I have to end it there for today. But thank you all so much for tuning in to the Curious Anarchy podcast. This has been Curious Muse, the extended version. Wow. Um, almost heading towards 55 minutes there with myself, Jermaine, and my co-host, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and good night.